This is the Secrets of Spiritual Sex podcast, expanding our experience of sex, intimacy, and relationships with tools, tips, and techniques from industry experts and real-life conversation. I am your host, Nikki Rhodes. Hey, Aaron Kleinerman, welcome to the Secrets of Spiritual Sex podcast. It is nice so, <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome to have you. Uh, Aaron is a transformational sex and relationship coach, but also so much more than that, a poet, as I saw today, some incredible writing, um, a powerful member of the Alaya Tantra School. Um, a dear friend of mine, someone who speaks with incredible authenticity and honesty on, um, on, on all things love and heart-centered intimacy. And yeah, a huge advocate, I would say, for, huge, for heart-centered intimacy. It is so cool to have you on this first episode of the, the podcast. Great to be here. I love what you've created and the, the vision behind really educating and transforming the way people look at spirituality and sexuality. I, I really appreciate who you are and what you're creating. My, my heart and um, appreciation is with you. <laughs> oh, thank you, my friend. Erin, uh, um, I want to start straight off by speaking to you about the connection between spirituality and sexuality. I mean, I know we're going to have people out there, is sex even spiritual, right? Asking this and reflecting on this. And do you want to dive in there? What would you say to someone who questions the spiritual aspect of intimacy? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and if we look at history, you know, history shows this place of where many ways religion and, and formed groups have come in to say, well, spirituality is here and, and sexuality is here. And, you know, whoever is listening to this, you know, there's a great saying I love that my beloved shares, Raven, saying we're all sex on legs. And when we can recognize that we're here having this conversation, just mommy and daddy came together one night and, and made love. And to me, one of the most beautiful, sacred acts that we can engage in that's beyond spirituality, it's, uh, of course, spirituality as well, is, is making love and coming into divine union. So I can recognize the places where different religions where different ways of controlling the, the, the population through, you know, history has come forward. But really, when people can harness the capacity of their sexual energy, it's, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's vocational, it's mental, it's, it's the, entire, the entirety of the human experience. So, to me, the first time I really accessed the, the fullness of recognizing the God within me, seeing the God within the, the woman I was making love with, I was like, whoa, okay, there's something else happening here beyond just, you know, cock and yoni and this is what happens. It's like this, there's a bigger energy at play. So I would say any viewers who are listening who are like, oh, Nikki, what has she been to? What's happening? It's like, think of the last time you were making love and you know whether it was for that three-second release where you're like one with eternity or you, you're, that maybe it lasted longer, whatever it was, and you recognize the places where it's all connected. Like there's a soul within us, there's a spirit within us and the living divine manifestation of 
our sexual greatness is within our body. So to be able to see that inside of another, it's really the, the foundations, of you will, of, of Tantra, of spirituality, of, of full life force inside of every cell of our body. Oh, man, absolutely. I want to know, though, have you ever had unspiritual sex? And what is that? I would say absolutely. And it was before the, the place of what I could... It's like it was unspiritual, but at the same time, it deeply was. I came from a, um, a maritime military background. Like I'm a, very, I'm a dirty sailor at hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I spent years working out at sea, like any st- stereotypical thing you might talk about, like a, a man of the ocean. I had girlfriends in every port. So it was like that was my life. So I, I definitely had my debaucherous days. But I would say even in those debaucherous days when I could be, you know, pissed drunk and not aware of anything going on, there was still a deeper moment happening at that place of union. The moment that two beings are coming together, whether or not they're in full consciousness, there's something else being birthed, whether that's actual physical life in in a baby or whether that's healing or or whatever else is happening. You cannot have a a merging of that power and have it be not spiritual or it can be very unconscious and we see that all the time with people. But on a certain level, our soul knows the depth of the merging that we're stepping into. Mm, that's, That's powerful. Is there damage then? If this is a powerful act and something that has deeply spiritual ramifications, if we are doing it um, unconsciously or without uh, paying homage to how deep it is, are we at risk in any way? Uh, Well, absolutely. You know, we're at risk anytime we're walking outside of the house or getting on our our motorcycle or our car. There's risks all around us. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the fear, the shame, the guilt that we hold in our body is from the, our parental beings at a young age not knowing their sexuality potential in their own body mm. and then shaming a little boy when he touches his penis for the t- first time, shaming a little girl when, he goes to, when she goes to you know, be exploratory of her genitals mm. because that's generally what happens is people are like, oh, that's a dirty act. That, that shouldn't be happening. So what happens to the child is they hold these points of traumas, these like kind of imagine we, we're in our body, there's like these really pent up energies that have never had a chance to express themselves. So they're, mm. they're seeking to create situations to express themselves. And most of that is the trauma from sexual energy that was misunderstood, miscalculated, miscommunicated as a young child so by the time we actually hit puberty and we're Mm -hmm. like oh my god there's so much energy moving through our body we actually have no real awareness of how to move that energy because it's just not really taught so it's something i'm quite passionate about you know is supporting people of all ages but especially children and parents to Mm -hmm. have deeper meaningful conversations around sexuality that doesn't shame children that doesn't shame themselves and i find when an individual can become more conscious with their sexual energy 
everything changes because it's our power center. It's our creative center. And when that center is blocked and held back and, and it, it, we can't communicate our voice and everything else in life, it, it's like we try to penetrate the world through our consciousness, but really we have to gain capacity to penetrate the world with our sex center where it's not coming out in the shadow. You know, I, 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 you talk about trauma. It's like you look at maybe not during Corona times, but a Friday or Saturday night in, you know, almost every major city in the world, what are people doing? They're having beers and drinks. So they loosen up and then there's some slaps on the butt and there's this and that and sexual energy starts to open up more mm -hmm. because it's like people feel permission because of the substances they're taking. So what if like healthy sexual energy was allowed to move through the body and we could actually take self-responsibility for it within ourselves. But to get there, what it means is people have to be willing to move through some of the traumas that you're talking about because there probably was someone who maybe touched somebody inappropriately and or did something wrong. And, it, and it's all fair enough. It's not to say that was right or wrong, but it's to utilize the this human experience to bring back the, the the fullness of actually living. And the people I know who live life really well are integrated with their sexuality and they're not putting it into a corner for a Friday night at 10 p.m. for 10 minutes. It's like it's part of their day-to-day -day living. And that, that inspires me. That that inspires me so much too. That there is shame, you know. I say right now, a woman living, you know, myself. This is what I this is what I aim for, and what I aim to teach my daughters is that sexuality and love and romance and passion. It's not something that is hidden and it's and it's over there and we're never going to talk about it, but it's sort of going to happen and I kind of feel okay. It, it, it's just not, it's just not an option in our household. You know, it's very, I, I want, I want my daughters to know that that fire and that power that they feel within when they can own it, when they can communicate it, when they can live from it as a, you know, almost like a guiding force in life, help them make smart decisions and act in integrity. Like that is the key to being like a successful, powerful embodied being who's not going to rely heavily on a man or a woman or, or be leaky or be sort of, and when they meet people potentially who, who, who don't have that same skill, they can spot it and they can, not protect their own heart in a sense, but they can sort of give compassion to those or, or understand that any kind of damage towards them is done, not because the person has this like in a cruel streak, it's because they simply haven't been taught the same. Because what I'm, I'm sure is a lot of listeners are going, I only have sex when I'm drunk what do you mean integrated? I'm forever judging people online who are putting themselves out there or, you know, PDA absolutely disgusts me or what's wrong with Friday night drinks and that's the only time I get laid or my husband makes love to me once a month and I kind of bear my way through it. There is, there's a lot of trauma that lies within, right? And it takes a brave being to go there and to start sort of unpacking it. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely relate to so much you're sharing. And, you know, I, I for one, just want to honor you as a mother in, in mm -hmm. bringing these conversations in with children. Like, that's such a brave topic. And I know you get some feedback and things from people as you bring that stuff forward. And I just, my hat's off for you. I see that 
you know, with my own partner having two kids as well. And just, you know, and sometimes her, her like 11 year old, it's a little bit, you know, kind of cheeky about it, but on a certain level, I can, I feel he really knows that there's a greater depth of communication that happens when we can talk about, you know, maybe our penis or our yoni mm-hmm. or yoni being Sanskrit word for vagina. So, you know, this conversation is, has become, you know, shamed in a certain way. And, and I invite people who are listening to, to think for a moment, when was the last time you were making love and the lights were on? Like mm. we, 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 we want to make love with another, but where, you know, we don't even want to see the eyes of the being who we're having this sacred act with. And, and whether or not you think it's sacred or you think it's just getting laid or whatever it is, if, if you completely deny the, the, the spirituality of it, you can for so long, but eventually the body is going to just get, get more and more stuck because it's yeah. actually the, the modality that can set you free. You know, in my own journey, I, I spent years working in the self-development industry, speaking and teaching from stage and speaking, helping people around like, thank God I was sexually molested. Thank God I was raped. Thank God my father, you know, died. All these stories of finding gratitude in life's extremes. And mm-hmm. what I saw more consistently than not was until we could A, become grateful for everything in life and it continues to bite us in the ass. But the other piece is what I saw was that there was a lot of people that understood things consciously, yeah. but their body wasn't on par with that. And I saw this in my own life. Like I was deep into the understandings of human behavior and why we do the things mm-hmm. we do and why is this and why is that. And then I had my sex life and it was two completely separate worlds and maybe some of you listening can relate. So as I began to, to go into that world deeper and deeper, I saw people teaching and speaking from stage about how to like live an amazing life, but would never really include around their personnel, around their relationships or their sex. And not that they needed to, but you could feel in their body that there was a separation. And what I noticed was that, you know, as I started to get into one-on-one sessions and working with groups is that where most of the trauma lies was around sexuality in our lower chakras in the places of, of this power, as I mentioned before. So my inspiration for diving deep into this field was to find places that can actually create safety for people to have the conversations they've never had, to, to, to talk to someone and they're like, oh, this feels awkward and weird. And I always say to people, it feels awkward and weird. That's a good reason to keep going because there's probably some area for transformation there. So what I, I, I say inside of all of that, it's like if you're listening and you, you've, you've heard something from me or from Nikki before, like continue to follow that thread because the awkwardness, the uncomfortability, that is the places that actually set you free. I, I know in my own journey when I got into Tantra and I was like, what is this like weird, wild orgies and Bono and YouTube? <laughs> like this is just a weird world. <laughs> Am I going to like lose all of my manhood and no longer be a masculine, strong presence? And I had all this stuff in my head. And I was just, every time it'd come up, I'm like, just breathe. 
and just trust. Like you're in the right place, you're safe, it's okay. You know, they're not gonna stick weird things in your bum and go you crazy. It's like, you know, this is what comes up the moment sexuality is right. There. <laughs> totally. And and so I found that as I kept just leaning in, it was like, ah, okay, I'm I'm comfortable here. And I noticed that the capacity to the awareness and the presence that I was able to hold increased as mm. I found my edges more. And, and, and this is a place where I think people are afraid of because what Tantra and what all this conscious sexuality or has really done is it's increased my capacity to know when I'm a fuck yes and to know when I'm a fuck no. And, and whether that's with my beloved when, you know, she's wanting something and I'm holding my boundaries or with, um, you know, I'm, I'm penetrating something consciously or whatnot, and it's too much for somebody. But the areas of our boundaries, uh, I want to speak into this for a moment, because most of the time, as a child, we're told, oh, go, go put on your, you know, your pretty hat and be good for the family. Oh, and you're not allowed to, to, to laugh here. Oh, oh stop, stop crying. Or, you know, that, that big boys don't cry. Or, you know, wh mm. why are you being so weird? So we're suppressed and we're suppressed and we're suppressed. And we actually get to a point where we don't know what's our authentic yes. We don't know where we want, you know, to find and, and to discover how to say no. So mm -hmm. as people go into this, it's, it's actually re-grounding and re-establishing the place to where you can find a yes in where you can find a no. And it's such a foundational piece, but whether I meet someone who's been in this field for a year or 10 years or 20, that piece is still so consistently necessary for people to evolve in their growth. Because until I can say, I, I, I don't want this or I'm, I'm ready for more, whether it's in the bedroom or it's in the boardroom, it doesn't actually matter because it's in our it's in our power center, which is directly connected to our sexual center. That's where all of this is, is connected. And, and even more so, I, I, I won't go too much in the tangent of this, but like spirituality and sex, look at the areas where it's most deeply like abused in the church. All these places in life where people are told not to have sexual expression. So what happens then? It comes out in the shadows. Completely, you know, putting some effort into establishing these, your, your edges, your boundaries, putting some effort into feeling into what's a fuck yes and what's a fuck no for you, putting some effort into releasing any old story that you are not worthy of your desires being met or you're not capable of meeting another. Yeah, it's going to transform your sex life. It's going to enhance your potential for pleasure, but that is not even the start of it in my experience. And I'm sure you'll, um, well, I'm interested if you'll, if you, if you resonate with this, what happens in the bedroom is like a microcosm of how you are acting and showing up in your wider life. So if you're messaging people popping over at night, doing it, kind of telling them they're the only one kind of not moving on to someone else, sort of with that person, knowing they want more, not really being a hundred percent clear there, three more on the back, spending a lot of time kind of keeping up a whole lot of facade 
You can expect your business life, your family life, your friend, you know, the other aspects of your life to also reflect that same wishy-washy, in and out, directionless, um, kind of spineless way of being. And if you are this empowered being in bedroom, and, and that is not like this big, strong, empowered, like this can be so, surrender and vulnerability and openness can be deeply, deeply empowering in its, in its rawness, then you are, you are in life showing up with that same authenticity, honesty, uh, truthfulness to self, then you can expect huge mountains to move right yeah yeah i i it reminds me i i have this i have a course for men an online course that goes into like being conscious in the bedroom and so many times guys message me and they're like i want to learn ejaculation control and i want to do this and that they want to be this better lover and yeah so they go into those places but really what it's doing is supporting them to be a better fucking human out of the bedroom and (laughs) i'm putting it in a way that's like oh okay you learn to be a great lover but you really got to get your mind right so you can be in the world. So, you know, because you look at all these places where there's like, you know, people learning how to throw down good game and pick up artists and all this. And, and fair enough, it's not to shame any of those. But if we can harness the capacity to know our own power, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to direct this directly at men. It's like, the, if even men, if, if wherever you are, just put your hands on your own, like, balls and cock right now there is tremendous power right there that is generally pushed down and and pushed away because it gets so misused whether it's through you know raping and and pillaging and everything both in the bedroom and out of the bedroom in the world so we literally become afraid of how powerful we can be beautiful practice right now my my beloved and i are doing and like you know, almost channeling the voice and the energy of our own genitals. And, and we, we, you know, it, it's from a dear friend of ours who we'd done some work with. We studied and lived with Osho for, for many years. So it's just an uh, incredible being. Wow. And, you know, she, she introduced this practice to us. And it's so powerful because mm. when an individual can actually, and this might be too far out for some, but if you can just bear with me for a moment, if you can actually, like, Imagine every part of our body has an innate intelligence, has an innate consciousness. And, you know, Freud has talked about this. Um, another guy studied quite a bit of Carl Rogers talks about this. There's this way of being that is inevitably known in all of our body. And when we can tap into the creative potential of our, of our genitals and use that energy, that awareness, those words, that uh, comprehension, and actually pull that up into our heart, which a lot of people know, like we want to be more compassionate. We want to be more caring. Mm. But I found that the capacity for me to be even have a greater spaciousness for compassion is when I can pull my sexual energy up Mm. into my heart. And then my heart's just like, oh, it comes alive. And it's like so filled with gratitude for this existence. And the same thing, like we're so much time trying to understand reality and Mm -hmm. understand this. And uh, everything is about logic and reason. and And it's great. We live in a very educationally supportive environment and community. But if I could just invite people to imagine if you could take that energy and go 
and draw that down to the heart. So mm-hmm. the merging of, of sex and spirit, the merging of our whole being is when this energy of the base comes up to the heart, when the energy of consciousness comes down to the heart. And then the heart is the most deeply connected organ of what we know to our soul. So to, to really master our spirituality, to, to master our sexuality, what that means is that we have to master our humanness because we don't know the spirit within us. We can go and sit and meditate. We can go to talk to God every Sunday morning for an hour, whatever it is, whatever your practice is with, with religion or spirit. I'm not going to date any of that. But I have known God a lot deeper when I've found and I can harness all of these different centers in my body. What, what's, um, you know, what's great, if you look at the back of ambulances, which is like life force, and you see the, the medusas, and you see the, the, the pillar, and then the snake going around it, that's our life force. That's mm-hmm. our kundali, kundalini energy. That's what brings us alive. So, for most of people, that energy is like, oh, nope, 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 no, that's way too much. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, oh, okay, I'm just, similar. oh, yeah, I feel good. Oh, fuck, I'm terrible again. But that's, our, that's yeah. our high for a few seconds of orgasm. But the invitation is, what if life, what if like walking for, you know, in nature, mm-hmm. taking a, a walk in the mountains in, in New Zealand or, you know, wherever you are in the world, you could make love with existence. And that might sound like, oh, yeah, he's talking about making love with existence. He's just some airy-fairy fucker. Like, no, I'm saying put your feet on the fucking earth and feel Mother Nature breathing through you. If you can't feel that, that's fine. But if you do it more and more, that's her making love through you. And that turns me on. That turns me on because if I can bring that same penetrative Mother Earth penetrating me into my business, into my friendships, into my lovemaking, then I'm just in this dance with, mm. with all of existence. And it's like, huh, well, maybe, maybe this is what some of these sages and mystics have been talking about. Maybe I don't need to go sit ayahuasca every weekend for the next year to know what you know, bliss is inside my body. Maybe I can find bliss when I just begin to touch this sacred temple as though I am the most reverent being that's ever touched this temple. Your body is a temple, those who are listening. If, you, if you've forgotten that, let this little voice reminder from Nikki and Aaron remind you that when you touch this body, when everyone else touches this body, this is existence moving through you. This temple is incredible and it wants to be loved and adored and generally cherished and if you're not doing it for you then it's really really hard for someone else to do it for you oh right there there are so many spiritual practices um i think and i'm sure you'd agree aaron by the way that was amazing (laughs) i was lost in your words (laughs) i was just like yes you you are far out yeah you sound completely crazy at times but man you speak some truth right and for listeners out there who think i cannot have what he's having or what's he going on about trust me right trust me i came from an academic background he came from a maritime background and academic background and we we've done all this stuff out there and then we found this not in a book not by sitting meditating on a in a a cave for for four years and like more by being a breatharian and only in you know eating air We, we we found this through through conscious connection 
to self and then in divine union. And that is that is available to every single being at every single moment. You know, Tantra is not the practice of transcending one's body and, and meeting God and hanging out up there. It's this acknowledgement that we are physical beings with immense potential within these little meat suits that we carry around for, for far more than meat suit experience. For, for dancing within the biomagnetic marvel that we are. And orgasms, I'm asked all the time, but how many orgasms are there, right? Like, how, like where, do they, where are they and what are they? And I, and I smile at this, you know, this is cool, this person's got an interest in it, but I don't know. How, how long is a piece of string? I've, I've, I've experienced orgasmic states of being through stroking in the inner arm, right? Through, through hair being touched a certain way. And if, like you say, you have worthiness issues or depression or anxiety or querying, any of sort of your purpose, then near Tantra and Tantra is such a powerful way for you to, um, I don't know, rediscover the magic of being. And that can, that can begin with these practices that Aaron's speaking about right now. I mean, what would you give the listeners? What would you say to someone who's like, right, You've convinced me sex is spiritual from now onwards. I'm not going to lay back and let it happen how it's been happening, uh, but I've got no idea how to begin. What would you say to the listeners? <laughs> I'd say freak out, jump around and be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, let out that energy, number one. Any fear, you don't want to bottle that shit up. <laughs> Bounce around. Exactly. No, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great question, and I would say, you know, I'll answer it in two parts. Those who are in a beautiful relationship with one or, or a few or those who are single, and you can experience this in either way. I'll start with those, you know, because I've had times in this journey where I've been on my own and not with a partner, where this merging really happens first between sex and spirit is first with the body, as we were saying before. So start like just, you know, create a light, a little candle, create a little place in your room and, and just like close your eyes, take a nice deep breath in. And just like allow your body, allow your hands to explore your pot, your body. Maybe you're not going directly towards the genitals. You're just like, and asking yourself like, who, who am I? Like, what is this body? Your mind might immediately come in and be like, I got to cook dinner. I got to do this. I got to do this. You're crazy. What are these people talking about? Just listen to the mind. Let it come in and let it go out. And just explore, like, what's really present when you can slow down to feel yourself a little bit deeper. And, and the, the, in, the, in between, the, the inquiry is, what, like, if your body had some words it wanted to share, to express without the mind, what would it want to say? Would it want to say anything to the mind? Would it want to create some more freedom? Would it want to, you know, uh, scream? Would it want to grab a pillow and just go, like, how would it want to express, you know, what's there? And, and that, it might sound like really far-fetched, but what Tantra I found more than anything is it slows things down to recognize the subtleties of love that's present in every moment. And that isn't just like always seeking pleasure. It's about actually knowing that there's just as much divinity in the pain as there is divinity in the pleasure. We're, we're often these like pleasure-seeking beings and pain avoiding beings 
that the way to true liberation through the body is utilizing pain as another pathway for, for divine awakening, Use, utilizing pleasure as another pathway for divine awakening. It's all but symbiotically was, connected. We have, a, we have a, like a listener right now potentially thinking, but I've spent my life suppressing that shit, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I've spent mm-hmm. my life pushing it away. I've, what, do you, what do you mean allow pain? I'm, I've become a master at masking pain through alcohol or through casual sexual encounters that don't get near my heart. They just activate my, they just dance in this like piece in between my legs. I have a two minute crutch sneeze, well, 20 second crutch sneeze and then I'm off, you know, like what, what happens um, to those people there? We've had so many, you know, uh, guests on the show who speak to the fact that that step that recognition that they were engaging in practices or running from their pain, uh, Mm. running from their pleasure, running from in a sort of disconnection or disassociation felt safer than than Mm. connection. Um, Yeah. For for me to answer that, what my journey has been is I, you know, I, I didn't, I'm not one of those male Tantra teachers that came to Tantra to get laid. I was, I was getting laid very often with a lot of women far before I labeled myself a Tantra teacher. Mm. But the, the, the place of where that can apply to someone's life is when that pain is there, what I had done for so long, I had so much confusion and chaos and turmoil from my childhood, watching my father live out of his car, watching ourselves, my parents go bankrupt, so much anger, so much frustration that was inside of me. And what would I do? My addictive tendency was to go drink and to numb and to not want to feel. And I was just pushing down and pushing down. And then when I would go and have sex, it was like completely you know, numbing unconscious sex, like how often can I get laid as much as I want, where I want, you know, I was in New York City at the time, it was like full, like debaucherous playground. And, but what I found is, and I say this to people who maybe are on any side of that spectrum, Mm. there was an emptiness. Yeah. And there was an emptiness that I knew there was something more. I knew there was something more. And, And every one of you who are listening right now, I, I know there's a p- moment that you happen where you've been pushing something down for so long and it's just so overwhelming that maybe it, you react out of control or maybe it just leaves you so numb and empty. And I've been there. I mm. get it. I was so numb and empty. And I didn't, I remember when I was 18 with all of that, wanting to kill myself because it was so, so strong. But there was a willingness for something deeper. There was a willingness to go deeper into the body to let the body reveal its wisdom. But through that, what that meant is I had to get real with the emotions. And, and I'll speak into the emotions just for a moment here because all of, none, of, none of this is possible with merging and being in the cosmos and being with all that until we can get real with our emotional body. And that means we have to take responsibility for our own upsets. The places where, you know, I, I had these, I did a master's in spiritual psychology and, and there was this phrase that our two teachers shared. I'm upset because dot, dot, dot. When you find yourself in that phrase, it's time to go to do your inner work. It's time to go to school and do your inner work. So whether, 
you're upset because you've been frozen sexually for the last 20 years or you're upset because your husband or boyfriend never fucks you or you're upset because you can't have an orgasm, whatever it is, utilize that to go in, to go underneath. What's underneath that? What's underneath that? What's underneath that? And you don't need to psychologically analyze everything. Just let your body's natural intuitive wisdom express when you're sad let your sadness be there. When you're angry, let your anger be there. Don't express the anger at another. Grab a pillow. Go, Rah! like, let the anger out. Hit a punching bag. Hit a whatever it is. That energy is wanting to express. And if you push it down, then it, it doesn't support you or anybody else around you. And, and this really, and into what you said initially, is such an important piece for people in their own they're wanting to manifest a dream partner. If they're wanting to create the life of their dreams, they have to have inner union, inner conversation, inner capacity to maybe reparent <coughs> themselves, to, 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 to reparent maybe what they haven't done before. So that, the second part of what I was saying before, when you do come into divine union, that like there's not a more powerful way to enlightenment than other than being with another because you can't hide. <laughs> you know this. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. It's like, you know, <laughs> this, this whole Corona time, Raven, my, my partner and I, like we're living in this beautiful one-bedroom villa and it's amazing, lovemaking every day. But when we're upset with each other, it's like there's, it's like the whole world collides. And oh, what, yeah. that we, what it means is... <laughs> Whoa, okay, there's some serious storm happening inside. This is an opportunity to do the things that I'm preaching in the world, to go in and to do the inner work because there's these little nuggets of pain that are being mm. accessed that have never had a chance to express themselves. I mean, I, just a couple of days ago, this thing arose and I found myself just in like full contraction. My body was like, I felt things from like when I was a five-year-old boy rising in my body. And I was like, all I wanted to do was run and hide. And, you know, she was beautifully and lovingly there for me. I was beautifully and lovingly there for myself. And I was just riding through these waves of changes and letting it go. I didn't want to make a big story about it. Mm -hmm. You know, th that's the other thing with emotions is, I, it was actually in New Zealand, a story I often share, one of the first times I was emoting without a reason. I was in a field, like pouring rain down, hands and Jesus, and just saying, just crying and crying. And I could watch my mind come in thinking, oh my God, what's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just go away. This is my time with my sadness just to express. And that was so liberating, to be angry without needing a reason to be sad. So many times when someone's sad, they're like, oh my God, what's wrong? Let me fix you. I need to fix you so you can be happy so I can feel better about myself. Oh my God, you're angry. Stop being angry at me. You're giving me your negativity. It's like, fuck all of that. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much... Yeah, I know you know this. There's so much of this like spiritual bypassing bullshit yeah. with all this. Thou shall not be angry. Thou shall not be in pain because yeah. something's wrong with you. It's like, no, I'm fucking human. I'm human, totally. so that pain's going to be there. And if I don't go to the pain, if I don't allow the pain, if I, if I block that, then I'm short-circuiting any potential for pleasure because if he's not allowed the pain, then, then that's not allowed either. 
uh, if I practice suppressing one, I'm not going to feel the full of the other. And you say it like meditating on top of a cliff in silence, like I say, the breatharian, the peace, the whatever, the non-eating, the, that's an amazing practice. But living with someone during lockdown for like nonstop and working with them and raising children and not leaving, not being able to go anywhere and them triggering you, making you laugh, all of a sudden you're having sex again, but then then that, oh my God, that's enlightenment. You know, they mirror these, these powerful relationships. People say, oh, I just attract toxic relationships. You know what? Yeah, toxic maybe, but how about changing that to like illuminated relationships? Mm. Christopher Wallace says this. These mm. toxic relationships are, flip the word, they are illuminating everything that you are running from, any kind of, they're inviting, they're these doors into areas that are saying, come, look at this. This is not yet integrated and it's going to be, it's going to be. And then you let him go and you go, okay, I'm free of him. And then another one comes along, you fall in love and it's the same issue. You know, this is, it's, it's proven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I often say it's like people run into the same brick wall over and over. And instead of actually like looking at what the brick wall is, they're like, let me go build a new brick wall in the next city. You know, so then yep. two, three years later, what happens? Same relationship, just different, different characters. You know, th there's this part of our, of our human society that's terrified of confronting and being transparent with ourself mm -hmm. as well as with another. And, you know, I, I, I think we both can relate to the space of relationship. One of the things I love about it is can you bring authentic, raw communication with your partner with yourself you know I, I i love being in this relationship with with raven because there there is nowhere to hide and there's also like she's such a great example for me of saying when she wants something she says it when she doesn't she says it i can feel this almost part of me that's like learning how to communicate my needs because i didn't really know how to do that very well mm -hmm. through my life it's usually like be of service help someone else first see what I can kind of get out of something by being of service and a lot of that is so unconscious and mm -hmm. what what has really illuminated for me in this relationship is being confronted with any of those little subtle manipulative energies that's doing this to get that to do this to get that and it's like all of that is happening in our world right now there's just massive level of you know, egoic gratification. And, and the invitation, I would say, again, to anyone listening is, what happens when we can just completely be with the kindness, with the cruelty, with the pain, with the pleasure, with, with, with the happiness, with the sadness, mm -hmm. without judgment of it? To feel it arise, but to not to say, oh, something's wrong with the cruelty happening, I need to find the kindness. Something's wrong with the, the, the sadness, I need to find the happiness. Instead, to really like merge deeply into all of it, that's where, like, that's where spirit exists, mm -hmm. that's where fullness exists. And, and really what I've noticed in my own journey is when I can when my mind can recognize both of those places happening, um, you know, simultaneously, mm -hmm. then what happens? I get inspired. And what does inspired mean? You're in spirit. You're inspired from within. 
And then it's like I can utilize all that sexual creative energy that I have to be of service on the planet. And by being of service on the planet, I feel like I'm being a powerful, you know, magnetic soul that's supporting, supporting, you know, the evolution of humanity. And that to me is where sexuality, as we, as I make love with my beloved, we're consciously, you know, envisioning and creating the community we're living in. We're consciously creating and envisioning the, the people who are seeing and benefiting from our work being shared around the world. It's like there is no separation between spirit and sex. It's just our mind that thought there ever was. Oh, that is powerful. Franco and I as well can really resonate with that, you know, creating large-scale festivals and events and really um, bringing community together and conscious leadership. All of this is not possible without that deep awareness and conscious manifestation through lovemaking about our vision and about mm. how important and potent it is to show up with one another. As we show up with one another, we show up for the community, you know, and therefore we show up for self Spiritual sex is not only illuminating in this in this essence, it's also um, it also fixes any kind of unworthiness issue one may have. It also provides the answer to any purpose question someone might have. But I don't know what I meant to be doing. Well look, start by making love really, really honestly to yourself and to your beloved. Mm -hmm. um, I've interviewed people who say, I think I've shown up or, you know, I've slept with hundreds, maybe hundreds, hundreds of people and maybe two women or two people have only ever seen me. Mm. And I think that when we, when we make love like this, it's, it's fine. There's no shame there. This is your journey. But there is simply so much waiting if you want to go mm. there. But Aaron, look, I want to ask you right now before we wrap up, what is your greatest secret? But what is on top now for you as a secret that you'd like to share for spiritual sex? What is a secret for or of spiritual sex? Hmm. I would say the greatest secret I could share with anyone is, you know, in the moment of the deepest intimacy with yourself, with another can you let go of the place that's trying to control? <clears throat> Can you let go of the place that is, is trying to give some outcome, some orgasm, some experience? Because I have found the greatest secret is actually in the, the greatest mystery in, is revealed. The greatest secret happens when I let go of control. And that is so flipping hard for a mind that's been trained for almost 40 years about how to analyze and be in control. So the deepest thing I could share is like when you merge deeply with your own body, when you merge deeply with another, like it might sound cliche, but surrender into the mystery that's there. And when the mind comes in trying to give some outcome, let it go. Because that's actually where 
the most epic lovemaking, the most amazing journey to the cosmos, the most amazing manifestation of the of, of, of living beauty happens. And it happens, it's like it happens when we don't know what's going to happen. None of us envision right now we'd we'd have this corona thing, you know, circulating around the world. But there's been such blessings. Mm. And when we can surrender control to receive the blessings of that moment, that is, is the greatest secret that has uh, changed the way in which I view lovemaking, the way in which I view my life, mm -hmm. and the way in which I can actually always bring my present awareness to any moment because I'm not thinking about something that I need to get out of it. I'm just completely there inside of it. Wow. Yeah, that's a super, super epic. Um, Aaron, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. And mm. I want people to be able, I know we've got listeners thinking, how do I get in touch with this epic being? What does he offer? Um, can you share with listeners now how they can find you? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Tantra School, I run with my beloved. It's uh, Eliya, E-L-I-Y-A-H.com.au. And we have online courses. Whenever we start doing retreats again, we'll be having more live retreats, which we do all over the world. Um, and then, yeah, for me, you can go to AaronKleinerman.com. And if you want to dive deeper into the online course I was talking about, a man's guide to the bedroom.com. Um, and that has tons of resources and, uh, yeah, it's a really powerful experiential eight week journey, uh, for both men and women, more specifically for men, but a really supportive place for them. Mm, amazing. I'll include those links, uh, in the description as well. So people can reach you. Uh, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I know this won't be the last time that we have you on the show. I hope uh, you're a wealth of knowledge um, and speaking um, about something that has the ability uh, to transform not only sex lives, but as we just discovered, lives in general. So mm. blessings, my friend. Mm, thank you. Great to be here. The Secrets of Spiritual Sex was brought to you out of the desire to make accessible the latest research and inspiring developments in the field of sex, intimacy and relationships. There is so much more to sex than friction and brief peaks, and this podcast seeks to provide a pleasure-based sexual education where potential and curiosity are cultivated. Make sure you subscribe and share this episode with your lovers, your friends, and your family. I am Nikki Rhodes, a sex and relationship coach, and you can find me on Instagram at underscore Nikki Rhodes underscore, or jump onto my website for more info on courses, retreats, and one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions at www.nikkir.com.